Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 239 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins. Thanks so much for hanging out here. Today on the show, my guest is Brennan Burling from Wildfire Creative Studio out of Omaha, Nebraska. During this episode, we talk about how we grew up in a small town. That was a terrible attempt at a country song. But anyways, moving on now, we also talk about his absolutely rad 70-year-old grandma learning Photoshop. We then get into how he started down that path of being an accountant first. That is a new one to me. You know, I've heard the engineering route. I've heard the trades route. But accountant, switch to designer. That's the first, it was the first time I heard that. We also talk about why his first graphic design job ended up being the most challenging time in his career thus far. He then shares with us the family rebrand project that he was a part of and why he is so proud of it. We also talk about some of the graphic designers and creatives that he looks up to, draws some inspiration from, and so much more. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get rocking here and kick it off with my guest today, Mr. Brennan Burling. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Brennan, welcome to the Quickie Podcast, and I gotta say it, I'm gonna be honest, welcome again to the Quickie Podcast. <laughs> Thank you again for having me. Awesome. Um, well, are you ready for a quickie this time? Oh, for sure. Okay, good. It's still game. So for those of you that aren't aware, we just spent five minutes interviewing and talking and realized that uh, record wasn't working. It wasn't recording. So um, here we are again. We're all about transparency and honesty on the quickie podcast, but this isn't about that. This is about Brennan and it's about wildfire. So Brennan, tell the listeners about yourself. Well, first and foremost, again, thank you for having me on here. I appreciate everything you do for the design community. So uh, Thanks, now to get into to who I am, uh, my name is Brennan. I own a creative studio in Omaha, Nebraska, right in the middle of the United States. I've been doing this for about three years now, which is crazy. Uh, before that, I worked for a small video studio. Um, and I'm from a small town in Nebraska that probably no one has ever heard of. Kennesaw, Nebraska, which never right, now I can interject this fun fact is actually named after Kennesaw, Georgia, but uh, they were building the railroad out in the you know Midwest. They went town by town and they named them alphabetical order. So when they got to K, they said, let's do Kennesaw after the famous civil war battle, but they spelled it wrong. So Kennesaw, Nebraska only has one N, not two. So I'm very sorry for all the people in Kennesaw, Georgia, who will be offended by this episode. I mean, technically, if you're going by town names, that just puts you guys first in alphabetical order, doesn't it? It's true. That's the only reason why they did it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So you were saying earlier that there's like 800 people in Kennesaw. Yeah, there's 800 people on a good day. And we used to have a uh, blinking yellow traffic light, but they took it down. So if you close your eyes and be like at the start of the town to blink, you'll miss it. 
So now there's just no traffic light. No traffic light. I mean, you don't need it. There's like one street that even has like more than one car on it at a time. (laughs) And the first time we were recording, you said that the same 27 people that you started kindergarten with, you graduated with in grade 12. Oh yeah. Same 27 all the way through. Man, it's gotta be like, like what happens if you have like a bad breakup in grade six or something? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. You got 26 people to choose from, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. And you're, you're a married man, right? I am. So did you meet your wife in Kennesaw, Nebraska? That's actually a really ironic story is that uh, when you live in a town that size, you think to yourself, there's no way that I'm ever going to meet someone in a town this size. Mm-hmm. But that also means that you have to find a town with the closest Walmart so you can get groceries and hang out at 3 a.m. because there's nothing to do. Nice. And, and the, cl- the closest town for us is Hastings, Nebraska. And I remember, you know, even being I had these like big city dreams of I was going to get out of the farm and I was going to move to California. And, you know, you're going to find the beach babe and all the different stuff. Yeah, it turns out my wife is from Hastings, Nebraska. And we didn't meet until we were 27, 28 in Omaha. But so it's just funny how all that stuff works out. Man, that's so funny. My wife and I, uh, I've been married 13, 14 years now. And Congratulations. That's awesome. Thanks, yeah, we lived literally like two blocks away from each other. And our moms worked together at the hospital. And we didn't even know each other until um, we were introduced through an ex-girlfriend of mine. That's crazy. And then all of a sudden we find her like, you live here? Your mom knows my mom? What? And it's just, it's so bizarre yeah. how things happen. Yeah, we had that same thing where uh, her parents actually filmed my parents' wedding. Whoa. Yeah, and, and her her aunt and my grandma are like really good friends, but we just never met until we were 26. Yeah. So That's wild, man. And I'm not even from yeah. a small town. Like this is a pretty big place here, so crazy so we've been chatting childhood here and now i'm going to officially kick it back there what was your childhood like brennan do you feel that you had a creative childhood that sort of pointed you in this career direction yeah definitely and i was saying uh i get to do a a shameless plug here for having like the world's greatest grandma nice um and i started in on this by saying i have this crazy kind of dichotomy and in how i was i don't know my DNA in that my dad is hyper analytical. He was an accounting major. He was a farmer, super black and white. And my mom is very artistic, sees the world in, in vivid color, like just a feeler. And so mm-hmm. growing up, I was just in, just always confused with myself. Like, am I analytical? Am I creative? <laughs> who um, am I? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, and my grandma who is, is ultra creative as well. She's pushing 70 and she's teaching herself Photoshop. She'll Whoa. just email me. Yeah, she'll email me out of the blue and she'll be like, Hey, look at this thing that I designed. And I'm like, Grandma, you, you coming for my job or what? <laughs> you know? And and it, my creativity really started with her just encouraging me to think outside of what, you know, that box is that what in in an analytical sense, what they tell you to see. So I mean, we'd go to the park and she'd say, What do you see when you look at the clouds? And I'd say, I don't know, that one looks like a pillow or that one looks like a, you know cotton ball and she's like, Brennan, that's like this, that's like the easiest answer i know and that, and at like five of course i'm saying that and she's like yeah. you got to think deeper than that so we would always you know look deeper into our creativity and you know she would make us tell stories and 
you know, and she'd be like, all right, tell me a story. And I'd be like, uh, you know, I grew up on a farm. So I'm like, there's a, there's a guy who's, um, you know, he's harvesting his field and she's like, well, what does the tractor say? And I'm like, grandma tractors don't talk. And she's like, in this story, they do, (laughs) you know, so, so really pushing me to always be creative and always do things in a way that wasn't typical. So I definitely had a creative childhood. That's awesome. So you're around this creativity, you know, this constant learning and this colorful childhood. At what point does like the graphic design switch get flicked? Like, is that, is there another relative that points you, that shows you what that is? Was that a teacher or a guidance counselor? Like when did that happen? I actually found it on accident. Uh, so as I was growing up, I was a huge basketball player. Like I was yeah. always playing basketball. So through elementary, middle school, early into high school, if I wasn't at school or hanging out with my friends, I was playing basketball. Yeah. And uh, just randomly one. So through that, like I was big into like shoes and shoe culture, you know, Air Jordan was big. Yep. And randomly, we just, I don't even know what it is. If one of the listeners knows what this program is that I'm about to talk about, they should definitely like comment because I'd like to know. I don't even know if it was like Microsoft publisher or something. I just found this random program on my dad's computer and I would just edit shoe photos and they were horrible, but I just started teaching myself this and being more creative. And then the next thing, you know, you know, my friends are starting bands and I'm designing t-shirts for them. So I really just fell into this design world almost on accident and then found out that I was pretty good at it. And then I taught myself how to do it. Wow. So now I'm dying to know like what program could it be like Quark Express? Was that right? At like the right time? It was, I think it was a Microsoft program, but I mean, it had like very, very like base level. It was like Photoshop ultra light. I mean, it had like, you could do the pen tool to like cut stuff out and then you had like three effects. Yeah. Okay. So what, what year was this Brennan? This would have been 2006. Okay, we're going to solve this problem right now live on the show. 2006 Microsoft Design Program. Let's see what we get. Microsoft Expression? Maybe. Maybe it was just like Microsoft Word. <laughs> Maybe somebody will come up with it. Yeah, Google did not help me in an instant. So that's what I was hoping for. <laughs> we'll crowdsource it. Yeah, we'll crowdsource that answer. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. So you kind of stumble into this graphic design world really completely by accident. Yeah. But at what point did it become like the serious direction? At what point was it, this is where I'm going? Who who, who did that? How did that happen? I think it was little by little. So ironically me being a a very stubborn person actually it turned out really well for me in the sense that when I was you know teaching myself this design stuff and it was apparent that I had some raw talent that needed to be harnessed in it you know I I graduated high school and my mom says you need to get a design degree and I said ah I'm I'm my dad's son I'm gonna get an accounting degree (laughs) yeah so I go off to the first year of college as a, you know, as a business major mm-hmm. and thinking I'm going to do accounting and I don't, I don't really know what this design thing is. It's just a hobby at this point. And, um, after I took my first accounting class, I quickly realized, yeah, maybe I'm a lot more creative than I thought. 
<laughs> it was a train wreck. <laughs> yeah, accounting train wreck. Yep. So after two years of being in business, I finally realized, okay, I'm going to do this marketing thing because it's a little bit more creative. Now, mm-hmm. if I would have really been thinking, I would have done advertising, but that's a different yeah. story. So I transferred schools to a, a smaller school that was more like the small town I grew up in. And I ran with the marketing thing and just started to really thrive in like seeing how they were connected. So at this time, I took a job at a really, really small t-shirt printing place in Kearney, Nebraska, which is where I went to the college uh, mm-hmm. that I transferred to. So I'm, I'm literally like most of the day, I'm either designing t-shirts for clients or designing on my own. And then the little time that I have left, I'm actually doing my homework. Okay. And so it just became more and more apparent that that was, I needed to figure out how to like, you know, intertwine those. Um, and I just wasn't sure how to do that. And so when I graduated college, I actually wanted to pursue full-time ministry. So I moved out to California, got plugged in there, just saw that that wasn't the right time for that. Um, so then I moved back to Nebraska and was like, okay, I just need to find a design job and like figure out how to like use my talents or, you know, what I'm good at, what that expensive piece of paper. So, yep, that's, that's how I kind of got here, man. So kind of back and forth, you know, a couple of different directions before really settling into, you know what, this is, this is what feels right. This is where, where it feels right. Yep. And I think a lot of that is I didn't have proper education on, and I think this is probably a deeper issue in how we teach design. I think it needs Mm -hmm. to actually be like, it needs to be blended in more with the business college than it does with the art college. Um, And so I didn't have anyone speaking in my life saying like, no, you, this is a actual career path versus like you're either an artist or you are an analytical business person. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting that you sort of draw that conclusion. And it's not the first time I've heard it where this school, like school, when you take a graphic design program, like the business part of design isn't really a big part of the curriculum or at least a a part enough for you to feel confident in pursuing that direction. Like you, you know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think when I the first time I realized there was a huge, huge hole that we're missing is I took an advertising class. And in that class, they literally broke us into little like four person teams and they brought in people like businesses from the community and they literally gave us a campaign. Mm. All right, you have to make it you have to make a marketing campaign, you have to go within their budget and you have to design all the material. And so I was the only kid in the entire business school that knew how to design anything. And so when (laughs) it was, I mean, it was like taking candy from a baby. We could have had the worst campaign in the world, but when that client sat down and we actually had like, we got to go second. So the, the team that we were competing against, they did their presentation and then we roll in and I'm thinking we already got in the bag, but I wish I could, I had a picture of the lady's face when she saw the first like poster presentation she literally almost fell out of the desk. It was awesome. And that's when I really realized there's a huge gap where we're not taking mm-hmm. creative people and actually teaching them to speak to bottom lines. Interesting. Yeah, that's, I couldn't agree more. You know, just that, the understanding of business fundamentals. And I've also said that um, no matter what role you're in, you should have some sort of sales training. Mm-hmm. 
And the reason I say that is it's not just, it's not sales really. It's, it's customer service and understanding, you know, how to paint a picture in a way that, you know, it keeps everybody happy as part of the sales process, right? Understanding sales, selling an idea, selling a design, selling a logo, selling your services, like selling your spouse on where to go for dinner instead of somewhere else, right? Like, like sales is a part of every single everyday life, all kinds of decisions. So some sort of formal training on that, that can be used in the business settings, even if you're not pursuing a sales career, I think is really important. Definitely. Yeah. So Brendan, along this journey, what stands out to be to you as maybe a really influential, if not the most influential design of your life so far, something that you saw and has just stuck with you since? I don't know if I can narrow it down to like one, but something that like really shaped my design style in the beginning and which kind of gave me this gateway to creativity was I was very much into like the hardcore metal scene in the early 2000s. And so I would go, yeah, I would walk into Hot Topic and I would see all this crazy stuff on the wall and I'd be like, can I make that? And so then, you know, then you just, you just let your creativity run wild. So my design has really been shaped a lot by that music culture. And then on the other side of it is being an athlete. And so I think I kind of, I'm I'm definitely not the only designer who's an athlete, but I think it's kind of a unique kind of blend between like the hardcore metal and then like the minimal timeless boldness of like athletic design and how those kind of pair. Nice. Trying to like, trying to visualize what that would look like on the screen, right? Where you've got like the, the heavy metal mix with like the, the clean, bold athletic wear statements. It's like, just try to get them two together. That's a funky mix, man. Yeah. Um, so Brennan, who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to right now and closely follow now? And what about them do you like? Yeah. So I'll start this as a, this is going to be two part, but the first one, I'll just go through some, like some designs that I like is, um, People like Studio Mass, um, people like Steve Wolf, um, JPEG Fletcher. And another one of these is, uh, do you know Adam Anderson? He works for um, Gardner. Um, I, the name sounds really familiar. So Adam is, he works for Gardner um, and he he has a ton of followers on Instagram. And I think um, Bill I, actually might've mentioned him when I was yes, on the call. So he, does, he works for Bill. Okay. Uh, he, he has a lot to do with Logo Lounge. And I mean, I kind of fangirled over Adam. And uh, I, when I moved to Omaha, which is where he lives, I thought, oh man, it'd be great to just connect with him and like, you know, have him give me some advice and all this stuff. And so I heard him on a podcast and then I was like, okay, I should email this guy. And then I got connected to this church where I play basketball at noon. Yeah. And the first day that I went there, you got to get on an email list. And on the email list is Adam at GardnerDesign.com. Wow. And I'm like, no way. So I show up to play basketball with these guys and I'm like, are you Adam Anderson? And he's like, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm like, oh man, I love your work. Like, so awesome. And I, I fully expected him to be like, yeah, you know, I'm just kind of like going to do my own thing. Like you're just some small freelance guy. And he was like, no, let's have lunch. I want to hear about you. And he's just like him and I have become friends. And like, he's someone that I look up to because 
he's an amazing designer, but he's mm-hmm. an even more amazing person. That's cool. Yeah. Adam Anderson. Check him out. Love it. That's um, so you had mentioned athletic wear earlier. So the athletic wear style and your athletic, are there any brands in that space that you think are doing it really well right now? I think Nike's always done a good job of it. Um, it kind of just depends on, you know, they kind of segment out how they do their apparel now based on um, sport. Yeah. Um, I'm obviously more of a basketball guy, but um, you know, I don't really gravitate towards any of like the, there's, you know, like weightlifting brands and stuff like that. Another one is Dan Bradley design out of New Jersey. Um, I think he does a great job of, doing the fitness um, sports apparel, but in like a really clean, minimal way. So he's doing yeah. a great job of that. Yep. Definitely. I just checked up, uh, looked up his work. It's pretty rad. Love that stuff. That's awesome, man. So just before we get into some of the tough stuff here, I want to um, bring up your Instagram on the screen here. And I want to pick a couple of posts out of here. And I want you to just give me the story behind them. Tell me what went into it and, uh, and what it's all about. For sure. So I actually want to go back and do this one. Let's start with this one. So that one was for a psychologist out in California. Mm-hmm. Um, she was rebranding her practice. So we went through and, um, you know, just created a new logo for her, a new visual language. Um, and then she had that implemented through the website and all those fun things. So tell me about your thought process behind this piece. Like, did, was imagery provided was taglines provided or did you need to go sort of full creative on this one and, and really like find all of these elements? Yeah. So I think in this one, this is actually one of my uh, kind of older projects where I really hadn't taken the time to really understand the the width of services that I should be offering. So this mm-hmm. one was very much just like, logo design. And I think she did, uh, come up with that tagline, but, uh, you know, she gave me a pretty brief brief. And so we ran from there and, uh, the, the photo itself is from, uh, from unsplash. And I mean, I just like that it, especially when you're working with these, you know, spaces like, um, counseling and those things, anything you can do to have faces is great. Um, and I like the way that the kind of red, kind of offset with the the color palette there and the blues rather than having something that was pretty just yeah. washed out gray. Totally. No, I agree. It's a really good photo and it definitely gets your attention and sort of draws you into thinking about it a bit more. So sticking with the theme um, of, <clears throat> of Dan Bradley stuff that we were just talking about, that sort of yep. health, wellness, fitness space, let's get into this guy. Yeah. So this is actually for one of my really good friends. So he and his brother started this as kind of an umbrella company that's going to be stretched out. Um, they lit in their community. They purchased a, a supplement store. Mm-hmm. So they purchased that. And so they're doing the store, but then they're also trying to help their, their uh, community because they're one of like the unhealthiest in Nebraska. Yeah. So they're really going through community outreach um, and they're trying to um, implement not just, you know, exercise, but also help build um, like parks and courts and fields and all those things that people will be able to use for, 
for uh, recreation and stuff like that. So this one I love because it's incredibly simple. It's literally like three squares, but um, the way what it is is that kind of piece that's off off to the left there is actually it's putting that missing piece of exercise and your health back into your routine. Oh, and so together okay. that will make that will make an L um, that goes along with that Landell. I like that. I like the yeah. story that that man. That's awesome. Yeah. I like how you pulled that in. All right, we'll do one more here. Let's pick one more. Mm, this looks pretty cool. Yeah, this is a good one too. This is right on the uh, the health and fitness. So these are a couple of of guys who uh, are creating a pre workout supplement, okay. and so they actually I just got the first batch in the mail like two days ago. Yep. So it was this is something that um, fitness has been part of my life for the last probably five or six years. So this was like really fun for me to be able to be hands-on with a product that I, I think fits a, a good niche in the market. That's cool. um, and then, you know, just to be able to open up my supplement drawer and like see something that I was a part of was really cool. Um, and so these guys, they chose Exodus um, and I might botch this, but they, they're believers. Uh, they, they, they're Christians. And so Exodus has to do with the journey um, that was taken in the book of Exodus mm-hmm. and how sometimes you have to go through something painful to get to the promised land. Got it. I like the so, tie in there too. Yep. So they're, they're talking about how the fitness journey can be painful and uncomfortable, but it gets you to where you want to go. Uh, yes, it can be painful. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt, I agree there. Awesome, man. Well, Brendan, I'll take you off the hot seat of the Instagram there. And now I want to dive into a couple of questions here that take you down part of your career where you've likely made some mistakes, learned some lessons. And I want to pull those stories out and share those with the listeners. Then I'll wrap it up and we'll finish in a happy place. Yes. So first up, what has been the most challenging period of time in your design career so far? Why was that challenging and how did you get through it? Yeah. I mean, you probably think that I would say that the most challenging part would be deciding to own a business, but it hasn't been. I think the most challenging was actually being in my first design job. Really? And okay. yeah. And so what happened with that was uh, this, this company was in a place where their creative director left, took a person with them. They were already small. So they were super shorthanded. I mean, and so they kind of just needed me to fill this void. And I didn't know this at the time as I was going in, cause I'm like 23. This is my first ever design job. So I come in and I really don't know agencies very well. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about them and how they work. Um, so I'm kind of learning and I'm kind of picking up things. And after the first year, I just kind of really started to see that they, they really wanted to push video production and some of those things to where, the focus sometimes was not so much on like the work itself and like how we were serving clients. And it was more about like the day-to-day stuff of how long are you in your chair? How long did you take lunch? Um, You know, those kind of things. And so I got really worn out by that process and they weren't going out and they weren't selling brand identity. They weren't selling strategy. They weren't really selling anything that was in my wheelhouse. I was, it's funny in this time I learned how to edit video, shoot video do motion graphics. So I think that it really helped me. It was super beneficial. It was a great time to learn and to really throw myself into learning those things. Yeah. But it also really taught me what I didn't want. And so 
I got really disengaged where I was kind of pushing them to say like, hey, you either need to scale up to a full service agency and you need to let me run or, you know, I don't fit here. And so my boss actually called me into a meeting um, and he said, hey, man, what's going on? Like, it, it feels like you're just not you're not there. Like you're kind of going through the motions. And I had even been in a place where I'm like, hey, I realize I'm not, you know, I'm not a seasoned person. Can you find me a mentor, someone in the identity or branding space that I can learn from? And they consistently said, no, we don't want to pay for Skillshare, all these things. And I, I said to him, hey, man, I'm a worse designer because I worked here. Because <laughs> <laughs> at this point, I just felt like I wasn't actually allowed to do anything that was beneficial for my design career. Like I was just put in a box that wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. And he said, all right, well, you know, let me, you know, let's, let's think about it. Let's take it another month or so and we'll see what happens. And then right before the 4th of July, uh, 2017, he calls me in an office and he says, Hey man, you don't fit here anymore. Don't come back Monday. Whoa. And just so like was, that. And so I was like, okay, I was on one side, I was super relieved. And at this time, like I really felt like I was supposed to start a business anyway. I just didn't really have the gumption to do it. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, here's my answer. And ironically enough, that's actually the first weekend that I met my wife's family. And so I, I walk into their, you know, their family 4th of July function and they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You didn't enter with the, I'm currently unemployed. No, I didn't think that her dad would really appreciate yeah. that. So I'm hanging out for a management position. Well, actually I think what happened was <laughs> she was nice enough to inform them in advance. Hey, he just lost his job. So don't talk about it. Just act like you understand. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Oh man, I'm an entrepreneur. Yes, <laughs> I love that. Yes, the classic. I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> That's so good. Awesome, man. Well, Brendan, I want to get a little bit more specific with this next one. I want to hear about a specific design or project that you were a part of that did not go well, did not bring the desired result. What was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Yeah, uh, this was actually pretty early on when I started my business was I got connected to this group. And this is a story that uh, I tread lightly when I tell it because I love the business. I think their mission and what they do is fantastic. It just was not a good project. Yeah. Well, you don't need to name names if you don't want to. Yep. And so what happened was uh, I had this, uh, you know, discovery call with the guy who was their marketing manager at the time. Yeah. And he said, hey, you know, we've acquired some other businesses. We're trying to rebrand our business and kind of segment into some sub brands. And so I said, okay. And I started asking them about, you know, how their process was going. If they, you know, if they had tried other designers and he's like, well, you're actually like the third person we've tried, which should have been red flag number one. Um, And he's like, well, you know, our, one of our guys is a, he used to be a designer. So he's been working on this logo, which should have been red flag number two, Um, you know? And so I'm like, okay, you know what, if, if you can get me the finished mark, I can go in and I can, you know, put some kind of life to the, you know, the skeleton of that and kind of segment out the brands and do the visual language and all these stuff. So I send him the proposal. He says, yeah, this looks great. They sign it. I send them the invoice for the, you know, the 50%. And I said, okay, can you send me that mark? 
He said, that's not done. And I was like, but you, t- you told me it was done. So it turns out it wasn't done. So then we embarked on a like three month process on this logo where I was getting into this crazy amount of geometry because these guys were engineers and they thought it had to be impeccable. And what are you engineers? Yeah. And so after, at this point I'm like, Hey guys, I'm billing you hourly for all this stuff. We haven't even got to like the almost like center or beginning of the proposal that you actually signed. And so this was like a six or eight month process where somehow I just became their like resident higher graphic designer and I finally got to a point where I was like, okay, if, if these, if these guys are going to like, if we're going to continue to work together, I need to know that they value what I do and they trust my opinion and they want to hire a professional. So I said to their marketing manager, I said, here's a proposal for an ongoing retainer so that we don't have to worry about this anymore. And I priced it pretty high because I, I wanted to know that they were in it. Like I yeah. needed to know that they we're ready to do this and to commit to it. And so he said, okay, Hey, we, we want to have a meeting with you. So I ended up flying out to Chicago for a day trip to meet with these guys. And we didn't even talk about the retainer because the marketing manager didn't show them. <laughs> Which I thought, I thought I was going to this meeting to talk about the retainer and what the relationship looked like going forward. I fly yeah. down there. We have a meeting, a two hour meeting in the morning where they said, Hey, we have this, uh, this big event where we need a bunch of print pieces. So I sat in their conference room and designed print pieces all day. What? And then I flew home. <laughs> and after that, I told him, I said, I'm done. I said, I'm going to give you these final files. I'm going to give you this last invoice and I'm done. <laughs> and it was, it was, uh, it was just so frustrating of, feeling like, why can't we put a process in place to have this be healthy? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nobody wants the extra back and forth and the sort of unscripted stuff that just yeah. ends up in no man's land and you're trying to figure out, well, do I charge for this? How much do I charge for this? And they're just assuming that you're just doing it all. Yeah. Yeah. And then another red flag was after the first, I usually try to be very structured with my revision process and feedback yeah. so that, you know, everything is streamlined and after the first, you know, deck that I sent out, they said, well, well here, just get in our ch- our Slack channel and you can just send stuff over whenever. So, you know, that three months of going back and forth on the mark was literally just like screenshots of like minuscule tweaks in the Slack channel yeah. for months. Oy. Yeah, that's not rewarding. That's not a good feeling. No. Oh, man. Okay, well, Brandon, let's turn this bus around. And on the other side of this, I want you to now tell me about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of one that just makes your heart sing. Yeah, I think mine might be a a little, sorry. I think mine might be a little bit different uh, than some of the other ones you've heard. And so for me, um, just the last three years have really been kind of figuring out like, who is the person that I want to work with? What, what do I feel like is super rewarding? Mm -hmm. And for me, it hasn't been the big projects. It hasn't been, you know, the high name ones. Um, But my sister-in-law was a pharmacist and she went through and did schooling to become a interior designer and her husband owns a um, architecture firm. And so they were like, Hey, 
you know, we're bringing her on as an interior designer. And so we have to completely rebrand the business and we have to go from, you know, these kind of mid-level homes that are for families to more upscale that actually want to do interior design. And so for me, it was like, it was a big deal that they trusted me with their business so much. So I got to redo their name. Um, I got to redo their logo. I got to redo their, their brand strategy and their website. And they really trusted me with a lot of, you know, things that are super personal because, you know, my brother-in-law has business for seven years. That was like older than some of his kids. Mm-hmm. And so for them to be like, yeah, you got the keys to this, you know, I, I didn't take it lightly. And for them to just speak so highly of it now and just being able to like go to family functions and then talk about how rewarding their, you know, businesses to them and how much happier my sister-in-law is doing what she is passionate about. Like Mm -hmm. that makes me feel like I did my job and that's why I do what I do. That is cool. This is just like a family rebrand project. Yeah, it's, it's been good. Um, They, we went way more upscale with it. They do a lot of homes in the Omaha area that are, you know, in the 500 to a million range and they have a really cool modern style. So it's been a, a good project to be a part of. Man, that's a cool, I like that one. The family tie-in, I like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's gone even deeper than, you know, just the the identity stuff. Like I've helped them put different proposals in place, uh, figure out their customer journey. And it's just showed up tenfold on their bottom line. And so that's really what I think should be the goal for all of us. Definitely. That's awesome. Um, well, Brendan, you've reached the point of the show here for the ask it forward question. This is where I have a question for you for my last guest, and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. So my last guest was Dylan Menke out of um, Des Moines, Iowa. Okay. Logo and brand designer. And he wanted to ask you about books. What are your top three to five design books, either of resources or inspiration? Man, put me on the spot. Oh, yeah. That's what we're all about here. Um, I think mine are going to be a little different because I think I I would say Story Brand. Nice. Is a good one. Um, The Seth Godkin, um, his marketing book. Yeah, is that the, um, this is marketing, isn't that what it's called? I think so. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then third one, man. I don't know if it counts as a book, but there's a brand archetype resource that has like cards in it that you can get on Amazon. That's really informative on brand archetypes. Oh, that's cool. Do you yeah. know what it's called or how I can look it up? I grab it. Um, we're going to put it. Um, I can definitely send you a link to it. Yeah. So it's a, like a deck of cards or something that like a, yeah. So I actually use this to lead all my strategy and discovery sessions when we go through brand archetypes. Um, there's, so there's the 12 basic ones, but this one has actually broken them up into 60. So there's wow. five. Yeah, it's called Archetypes and Branding, a Toolkit for Creatives and Strategists. And so there's literally a, a deck of these cards that you can pop out that have the description of um, the archetype, uh, its strengths, challenges. And then there's more info in terms of like which you know businesses it aligns with in, in real life mm-hmm. and those kind of things. So it's been really cool to just 
have that as a tool to like lead clients through and get them thinking about their business in like a completely different way. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's a great one. I have to look that one up. So Brendan, what is the question you would like me to ask the next guest for you? I would say if, if there's one thing that you wish clients understood about design before they reached out for work, what would that be? Ooh, the one thing you wish clients understood about design before they reached out to you, what would that be? I love it. Brennan, thank you so much for being my guest on the show today. I really appreciate your time and um, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, again, thanks for having me. All right, all right, everybody. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you're digging what you're hearing here on the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review. Had a couple of gems left there recently, so thank you so much for those. Um, Leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you were listening. I appreciate it. They make me smile. Helps others find the show. All of those good things. Thanks so much, and we'll see you again next week.